When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Listening to Rum Buncher Radio, and for the first time in a long time, you're also watching Rum Buncher Radio. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Trey Yannity, Marty Leap are joined with Noah Wright. Uh, excited to talk about everything going on right now, guys. A lot going on in the world of Pirates baseball, in the world of baseball in general. So we record here on December the 12th, a big trade happening today, even with Sean Murphy. All kinds of big-time free agency news, of course, breaking uh, at, at all times. I, I saw Noah earlier in the week that, you know, that might even be hope for Carlos Correa, even to the Pirates. Times are exciting. Uh, maybe not that one necessarily, but there is going to be some big time news coming up for the Pirates either way. That's where I want to start tonight, guys. And I want to know how you're doing. I know I know you graduated this weekend, man. So congratulations. on Thank that. you. Um, and Very Marty, exciting. Very exciting time. Right oh, now. yeah, no doubt. Marty, I know you got Sick ones at the house there, so we're, we're wishing for uh, a fast recovery there and, uh, you know, hoping you guys can get through this winter. But Pirates trying to get through the winter, uh, figuring out the Brian Reynolds situation, requesting a trade. Uh, I don't have the date. should have the date pulled up here. Um, you know, this was news that kind of struck everybody by surprise. Obviously, the contract negotiations over the last year, year and a half have not been excellent. They settled on a not super long-term deal, but got him through 25. And, um, you know, now we see this this move to request a trade. What were you guys' first thoughts when this this move happened, Reynolds requesting the trade? Marty, do you want to get us started? Yeah, it definitely came as a surprise, you know, especially because last year Brian Reynolds had expressed interest over the summer of uh, reaching a long-term deal to stay in Pittsburgh on an extended period of time. And, you know, it has since come out that, He's been offered, he was offered a deal by the Pirates, um, and the two sides couldn't couldn't meet on a number, and it seems him requesting a trade came out of, you know, their, their talks about a long-term deal falling through. So, yeah, I mean, anytime the best player on your team um, requests a trade, it, it doesn't look good at all in the public eye, and the Pirates um, kind of written the book on not looking good in the public eye for two-plus decades now. So we'll see what happens. I mean, like you said, Trey, he's still in control for three more years. So on one hand, the Pirates really are in no rush to move him, No incentive, have no incentive to move him. They've said as much. But at the same time, can, can you really expect to iron this out and, and keep this working for three years if he wants out of Pittsburgh? You know, it, it's not like we're talking about a guy who's going into a contract year or something like that where – if you just make a work for a few months, you can put it in the past and move on. But 
It'll be very difficult to make this work for three more years. I, I don't know if Reynolds will be traded before opening day, but um, I definitely think he's probably moved in, in, in some relatively soon terms. Whether that means before opening day, whether that's in the season, whether that's next year's winter meetings, I just I have a hard time seeing him not be traded at this point after he requested the trade. Yeah, it was really shocking again because it seemed like there was mutual interest on both sides to get a deal done. Reynolds had expressed last, like you said, last year that he wanted to stay here for a pretty long time. And hearing him say, like, you know, he, he wanted to lose looking for a trade was a little bit surprising. But uh, def- they definitely got to get something done within the next year. They figure something out because I don't ex- I don't expect them to get a trade done this offseason, but it's definitely right now has to be a time to like, all right, we got to figure out what to do here. Cause this is something that you really just can't let sit around for three years. So you got to just make a decision on that trade him, give him whatever he wants or just go for it or something. Cause you can't just let that, you just can't let that to simmer for however long he's going to be here. Yeah, I agree. And you know, there's teams right now that could use a guy like Brian Reynolds that have the money to, to take on a guy like Brian Reynolds for the long term that have serious return that the Pirates uh, you know could be interested in what's realistic there guys I mean you know we we thought maybe the Yankees for a little bit when Aaron Judge was still indecisive about where he was going to end up what teams are you guys focused on at this point and how quickly is this going to happen you know because obviously you got to assume some some leverage is to be lost the longer that this goes on I think that the the Pirates have been pretty steadfast on their uh, opinion on what they want for Reynolds and the recent report was that they want a Juan Soto type deal, which at the deadline last year was insane because the Padres had to give up, you know, like CJ Abrams, James Wood, and uh, Robert Hazel. All like going into the year, Abrams was considered like a top five prospect in the league, top three prospect. Hazel and Wood were also considered like top 30 guys. And they also got a really high ceiling pitcher back who looked really good at like A ball or rookie ball, whichever it was. So it's reasonable for them to look for it's reasonable for them to look for that kind of deal because Reynolds is so valuable. He's a oh he's not not be the best defensive center fielder, but he's adequate enough. He he can move to if you have to move him to left field, you can do that. But he's just a really good hitter. And he got off to somewhat of a slow start last year, but then after June, May or June, he was back to normal form. So and with three years of control left, you got to be demanding the biggest possible package you can. I wouldn't be surprised if the Pirates would be asking for even a major league player in return and including that package. Yeah, you know, you look at specific teams, I think the Yankees still makes sense, um, even with the reunion with Judge. Uh, Texas is a team that doesn't get talked about a lot that I think makes sense also. The, the Rangers have been very aggressive. The second trade offseason, which Rangers have been very aggressive in free agency. Um, they could use another outfield bat, and they definitely have the pieces there to get a trade done for Reynolds. I mean, like you said, no, you're you're going to look at potentially wanting to get guys who are major league ready or close to it. And the Rangers farm system is a lot of high-end pitching talent in the upper minors that could be in Pittsburgh before the end of 2023. Um, Miami Marlins are always going to be connected to Brian Reynolds. Um, I swear that there are some people in the media who have already traded Brian Reynolds for the Marlins about 10 times. Uh, he, he's almost like their version of Miguel Andujar. Um and even San Diego, you know, the, the Padres, they just seem absolutely hell-bent on doing whatever it takes to take down the Dodgers. Um, we saw them try and throw a ton of money at Judge. We've seen them throw a ton of money at Xander Bogarts. 
Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see them try and make a run at Reynolds still. Um, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, again, this is where if you, you wait a little bit, maybe it does open up the market more and more teams get involved potentially. But it, if you do move him, you mentioned a Soto-like package. I don't know if you're going to get that for Reynolds. You're probably not going to get that for Reynolds because he's not the player Juan Soto is if you are. But it, it, you, you're going to want a young outfielder who can replace Reynolds um, because the, the outfield depth in this organization as a whole is not very good at all. And you're probably looking to add at least one or two high-end starting pitchers. You can never have enough starting pitching. Um, the Pirates starting pitching in the minor leagues – Last year, you saw Quinn Priester, Mike Burrows, and Luis Ortiz all take big steps forward. But those are still three relative unknowns at the major league level, two complete unknowns in Burrows and Priester. So you can never have enough starting pitching. So I, I would think that, again, assuming a Reynolds deal was eventually done at some point, um, again, like I said, whether it's now, in the season, next offseason, I would think that the Pirates' two main two main targets in that are going to be a young outfielder to replace Reynolds and one or two young top of the rotation type of arms to, to come in and and, and supplement the starting rotation as well. Yeah. I think the mayor, I, w- I would also think that the Mariners would. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people connect the Mariners to them, which again, makes sense. They got a lot of young starting pitchers on that team, you know, like uh, <clears throat> they got young pitchers on that team like Gilbert and Kirby and some really young, some other young players and some other prospects that are coming up that they'd probably be willing to trade. I mean, who the Mariners seem to be a team right now who's willing to go all in for it right now. So we'll see what happens with that. It's going to be very fun to watch here because at this point, you know, I think we've all kind of moved on mentally and we're just excited to see what the return is going to be. Uh, you know, if the Pirates are able to trade him this offseason, maybe it's not until the deadline, maybe next offseason. But you have to expect a big package and um, you know, you have to like the the energy that this front office is bringing towards a move like that. But, you know, what's kind of the root of this, guys? I mean, how detrimental is it to the organization to hear guys requesting trades? Is this entirely on the culture here? Is this entirely on contract itself? I mean, is this as much of a knock on, on the Pirates uh, as it may seem? I mean, one thing I'm going to say to build off something you said, Trey, you said at this point people moved on mentally and are excited to see the return. When you're talking about one of the best offensive center fielders in baseball, you have him under team control for three years, and that's the mindset of most people in the fan base, and you're not wrong. I mean, maybe that's just me. I don't know. No, you're not wrong at all. I think that just goes to show just what a – just you know what show this thing still is in a lot of ways right now with the Pirates, where it's just any team in baseball would kill to have Brian Reynolds. The Pirates have Brian Reynolds for at least three more years through the beginning of probably the primest of his prime seasons, and yet here we are as a fan base just waiting for that shoe to drop, waiting for him to be moved, and just waiting to see what their turn is. Um, yeah, when he, like you said, requesting the trade, it's not – I, I I would assume it seems like it came from when he sat down to talk extension with the Pirates. They're a lot further apart than they thought, which, I mean, I don't know what the Pirates offered him, but you, if you look what Brandon Nimmo just got, um, and Brian Reynolds is definitely a better player than Brandon Nimmo, good God. Um, there, there are going to be outfielders across baseball the next few years that are going to be sending Brandon Nimmo and his agent thank you cards for that deal. 
for the amount of money he's going to get other guys made. Um, so I, I think that's the big thing. I don't necessarily think it's Reynolds having any issues with the city, with, with the team, with the culture, or anything of that nature. I just, he wants to get paid and I think he feels like he's going to get paid more. Some other than Pittsburgh and he's probably not wrong. And you know, one thing I think with pirate fans, we've been, it's tough to say pirate fans have been spoiled in any fashion. Cause we haven't in a very long time. Um, depraved. I don't know about spoil. <laughs> yeah. But, but one area pirate fans actually have been a little bit spoiled is going back to Andrew McCutcheon. So many of these extensions, young guys have signed have been very team friendly. McCutcheon, Polanco, Josh Harrison, key Brian Hayes. And I Marte think too. Yes, Starling Martes. Yeah, and I think it's to the point people expect everybody to do that. And not everybody's going to do that. We're seeing that now with Reynolds. So I think that may be uh kind of taints some people's view on it. But yeah, it's 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 again, it's 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 never a good look when any player requests a trade, but especially when it's the guy who is your best player. I feel like it's just a little bit culmination of everything. It feels like just seems like it's been a just kind of a slag the last few years. And, you know, the last two years, last I'm not really counting 2020 because that was just such a strange year. But, you know, 2021 and 2022, you know, 100 lost seasons. And it just feels like such a drag sometimes. And I could kind of even if it's a little and like you said, it's probably a lot of contract negotiation stuff, but. I mean, I could see it from a te- from like a where's this team heading perspective, which I'm really hoping. I'm always going to be positive about the team, and I'm always going to have a positive outlook. But it just kind of feels like I don't know. I don't know at this point. It's kind of scary, you know, to think about the the fact that the Pirates can't even find a competitive offer for a guy like Brian Reynolds that kind of flies under the radar for the talent level that is there. Um, you know, but do you, do you think this changes at any point? Do you think when this team puts it all together, if, uh, you know, that ever comes and they're winning, are they going to start shelling out for guys like this? Is it just a timing issue at the moment or is this just the reality? I mean, I, I think it's more timing. I've said it a ton on here in the past and, you know, I, this is not, even though some may interpret it this way, this is not defending Bob Nutting or anything of the sort. The guy's not a good owner. He simply is not. That said, he has proven in the past when this team is ready to win, he's willing to spend more money. Um, now, a big step towards that, obviously, would be getting something done with Reynolds and being able to build around him and Hayes and then hopefully locking up Cruz and being able to build around those three for the next five, six, seven, eight years. But I, I don't know. Uh, it's... Right now, again, it just seems like this team, it's one step forward and three steps back in this rebuild. Um, No, I know this is something you wrote about whenever everything first came out with Reynolds requesting a trade, that trading him would be a step back in the rebuild. Um, I mean, you just look at this offseason. You go out and you make a quality addition at first base and Carlos Santana, a quality addition for designated hitter and G-Man Choi. You add Jarlin Garcia, who's a very good lefty to this bullpen, three moves that make the 2023 Pittsburgh pirates better. But then if you then turn around and trade Brian Reynolds, that's um, such a massive hit to the momentum you're building. Exactly. And just it's a massive hit to the overall talent of your roster, partially because of this outfield. Like you, like, I don't even know who in the world is going to, who would anchor or, or, or bookmark or Reynolds in the outfield right now. 
You know, I mean, your best option would be Travis Swagger, and you know, you might get you're gonna get good defense with that. But I mean, that's such you're miss, you're losing so much on the offensive side. Like, does Travis Swagger he have a shoulder capable of swinging a baseball bat? I don't know anymore. Like, you don't. There, there's you're gonna have a hard enough time filling in your outfield around Brian Reynolds, let alone trying to fill in your outfield if you trade Brian Reynolds. So it's, I, I don't know. It's just, again, it feels like with this rebuild, so many times it can be one step forward and three steps back, and it feels like where we're at again. And just, I, I think if things are going to improve in 2023, I mean, it's baseball. You're always going to be as good as your next day starting pitcher. If they're going to improve in 2023, it's going to be these young pitchers. Ruan Contreras taking another step. Johano Vieto taking another step. Priester and, and Burroughs and Ortiz bursting onto the scene and approving because I just, I don't see, I mean, at this point you watch the, the free agent market, you watch starting pitcher after starting pitcher who is very affordable and would improve this rotation substantially sign somewhere else. And I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, like, here we go. It's going to be, you know, Hey, let's hope Mitch Keller repeats last year. Let's hope Contreras and take a step forward. Let's hope Oviedo is actually a starter and not a reliever. And then let's throw JT Brubaker and Vince Velasquez behind them and see what happens. And that's, that's not really a, uh, that that's not really a, a proposition that excites me going into the season. Yeah. That the rotation and slay, I'm okay with Keller. I'm okay with starting the year with Keller Contreras, Oviedo and Brubaker in the starting rotation, but I just want to get someone to, get some stability in that fist spot. Cause if you're going into the spring training, you're saying, all right, well, we're going to give it to whoever's the best between Velasquez, Wilt, Bryce Wilson and Zach Thompson. That's like, that's not very confidence inspiring. And it's like, I get it that, you know, again, you got Ortiz, you got Priester, you got Burroughs and a guy that I'm really a fan of Kyle Nicholas. But I mean, you'd want to at least get at least some sort of stability in the fifth spot of the rotation for now. Yeah. And, and one, one, one more thing with that, too. Sorry, can to cut you off, but no, no. I, I agree. Keller Contreras Oviedo can be a pretty good one, two, three. That could be a good little foundation to build around. Problem is, well, again, we don't know if Johan Oviedo is a starter in the major leagues. He was really good last year in September. And September stats aren't as watered down as they once were because of the change in call up rules. But in a lot of ways, you got to take September stats to almost lump them in with spring training stats some years. And and Rollins and Contreras, I think the world of the guy, I think he can be a future ace. We need to see him take a step forward. And then, God forbid, one of those three get hurt you're, or one of those three struggle, your your rotation could be a real mess because, like, I, I like Burroughs a lot. I think Mike Burroughs can be a top-of-the-rotation guy. But we need to see it. We need to see Luis Ortiz continue to develop that third pitch. We need to see Quinn Priester continue to take a step forward like he did last year. And it's just to see them continue to ignore this pitching staff throughout the offseason. And then don't even get me started on the bullpen. The bullpen might be the worst bullpen in baseball again. It was horrible last year. They've done very little to improve it. It's I, I just don't understand how you can – earlier in the offseason, you have Ben Charrington talking about not wanting one-year deals anymore – wanting to look for two-year deals, three-year deals on these guys in free agency, wanting to start putting more emphasis on winning baseball games in 2023. And really outside of adding Santana and Choi, there's been no major moves done to do that. And even with that, like I like G-Man Choi. I think he's a good hitter. But right now he's probably your, what, at worst, the third best hitter on your team. 
and no knock. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On G-Man Choi, but when he's a top three hitter in your lineup, that that's that's not a very deep lineup at all. Yeah, it kind of feels like after Cho- after acquiring Choi and Kaj- and uh, Santana, it's kind of hit hit a stall. Feels like. I mean, we've had some good player. I mean, we've had like you said, like Garcia and stuff. But I mean, it just feels like after position player wise and just and like really hard impact players, it feels like it's just hit a stall now. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and we've kind of gotten a taste, like you guys said, G-Man Choi, Carlos Santana. That's something. I think the front office at least could check the box uh, in their mind. But, you know, at this point, you wanted to see a, a big pitching addition. Because like you, like you said, Marty, I mean, you got exciting young talent on the way. But who knows what happens, you know, if one of these guys goes down. Or, or you know, uh, Contreras doesn't take a step. This is a, a big offseason to kind of do the same, I think, with what the Pirates did last year with Quintana. And, uh, you know, the winter meetings, as we kind of transition here, Vince Velazquez was the move uh, that we saw. How did you guys feel about this? Um, you know, a disappointment. I don't want to sleep on Vince Velazquez this early, but um, not the guy I think we were expecting this offseason. Yeah, Velazquez as a reliever. Velazquez as a reliever, when you looked at the splits, he wasn't terrible, but, I mean, the real, I mean, if I'm being honest, I would rather just see what Wilson or Thompson could do because I feel like based on I mean look at look at what will look at what Velasquez has done the last handful of years. The last time he had an ERA plus of 100 was 2016. Is that I mean if you're really if that's really the bar you're setting here, you might as well just roll with some in, one of the internal options at that point because what's the point of throwing three point three point fifteen million dollars at pretty much a you know very very low leverage pitcher who when he does start is not very good yeah yep. see with, with velasquez i didn't when they signed him in my mind you signed him as a reliever i didn't have an issue with it at all as you said his splits as a reliever much better than a starter and again this bullpen's a, it, it, it's a disaster you'll you'll take anything you can get right now outside of david bednar and, and jarlin garcia there's nothing in that bullpen that's proven and you know, it's a very, yeah, it's a very unproven. Just, I mean, there's a lot of young guys and stuff that I hope can improve. That can hope, I hope, become a key member. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of just instability, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking with Velasquez, it's like, all right, if you can throw him out there in that multi-inning role, the sole guy like Chase DeYoung pitched so well in last year, but Velasquez having superior stuff to a guy like that, I'm like, right, this is a good. This can work. This can be successful. And then as the winter meetings went on, as the week since the winter meetings has gone on, and you watch one starting pitcher after another go off the board, and you're thinking to yourself, like, all right, maybe they really did sign Vince Velasquez to start. And, again, to me, that just changes everything. Like, I'm not I, – I I personally, where I disagree with you, I, got, I would much rather see him in this bullpen than Bryce Wilson, than Zach Thompson, um, especially Thompson. The guy just throws junk. Um but 
I, I, I'm not very interested in seeing Vince Velasquez as a starter. You know, it to me, it's Jordan Lyles all over again. It, it's it's something yeah. like that. Derek Holland all over again. Where the guys cooked as a starting pitcher, we're going to try it anyway. Um, yeah, and that's where it's frustrating to me. Where I think, the, the again, that's where it means the Velasquez. I, I didn't have a problem with the signing. Where I'm going to have a problem is when they go into the starting road, go into the go into the regular season. Excuse me. And he's a member of the starting rotation. That's where I'm going to wind up having a problem. You hope there's a, a chance that a guy like maybe JT Brubaker ends up being a starter and Velazquez is in the bullpen or, or something of that nature. Uh, but, you know, like you said, Marty, it's just dull. There hasn't been any exciting moves this offseason in the pitching department. And you look at what's in place right now, obviously guys on the way that are extremely fun to watch and, and are going to bring a lot of success, you'd hope. But at the moment, the Bryce Wilsons of the world – and now Vince Velazquez, um, going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, kind of what season that, that they provide in their roles, like you said there as well. Uh, Rule 5 draft, a uh, part of the winter meetings as well. Pirates, I believe, was it 11 was the final count uh, of guys lost? No, I know you had the article uh, on it. Malcolm Nunez, Blake Sable, Matt Gorski, Tanaj Thomas, some of the headliners there. What were you guys' thoughts on, on the Rule 5 draft? Um, you know, the Pirates saw a decent bit of guys go this year. I like the I like the guy that we got, uh, Jose Hernandez. He's a hard throwing left hander who gets a lot of strikeouts. He had a mediocre home run rate last year, but it, he, overall, I mean, you could do a lot worse in the Rule Five draft. Again, the Rule Five draft is like a complete shot in the dark, so you never really know what you're gonna get until the season starts because there's plenty of time because you know there's plenty of times where players just all of a sudden do outstanding in the major leagues once getting selected so yeah i mean you're hoping that he does good and he's also going to be one of the left-handers in the bullpen now i mean he's i think he's the only two on the roster now but yeah so i hope he does good but i mean i think the only guy that was really important that we lost was blake sable which kind of hurts because i thought sable could break the break on the opening day roster as kind of a designated hitter option so seeing him go is kind of kind of sucks, but uh, a lot of the times, a lot of the times, uh, position players don't stick on t- the twenty-six man roster all year. So you know, maybe we see him return to Pittsburgh this season. Yeah, I wasn't surprised to see Sable go. The players, the Pirates left un- left unprotected. He was the one I figured was most likely to be drafted. Um, you know, you mentioned Malcolm Nunez. You mentioned Tanaj Thomas. Was not necessarily surprised that they weren't selected. Uh, first baseman are very rarely selected in the Rule 5 draft, which helped Nunez. Um, and as for Tanash Thomas, as good as stuff as he has, a former top 100 prospect, excuse me, I think he can be a very good reliever at the major league level one day. He has yet to pitch above double A and has a long way to go with his control. Um, as for Jose Hernandez, I, yeah, like you said, one of only two lefties on the 40-man roster now along with Jarlin Garcia. Um, so he he's going to be in the bullpen to start the year. I mean, not only do you just need two lefties out of your bullpen, uh, as you said, no, with the way the rules are with the 40 or with the Rule 5 draft, you've got to keep them on your active roster all season or else we're going to trade the other organization to keep them, um, which we've seen happen in the past. Um, you know, I, I am blanking on his name at the moment, but the 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 – Slum they selected from Cleveland a couple of years ago and just kept giving every opportunity in the world to that they had to work out a trade to keep uh, Oviedo, I believe was his last name. Um, we, we've seen in the past, Evan Meek, I mean, that that's pulling one really out of the way back machine. 
But Evan Meek, probably the last successful Rule 5 draft pick the Pirates had, worked out a deal with Tampa Bay to keep him so they could option him to the minors. And he wound up becoming an all-star reliever for the Pirates until John Russell decided to pitch Evan Meek's arm into oblivion in a year in which the Pirates lost 105 games. Uh, but I digress. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's an intriguing arm. He throws hard. If he can figure out the control, could be a useful lefty out of the bullpen. Um, a, a vintage, typical Rule 5 draft pick. You know, a reliever who throws hard, has good stuff, just doesn't always know where the ball's going. Um, that's usually what you're going to see in the Rule 5 draft. Usually it's either that or, like, a toolsy outfielder. So let's see what he can do. I mean, if nothing else, it's it'll be intriguing to see if if Oscar Marine can – can help him harness his stuff and see if they can find something in the kid. Yeah. I, I mean, the other guys we lost, I mean, we lost a lot of guys, but we didn't lose anyone else really super important. I mean, Emmanuel Mejia, he won the 2021 the Pirates of minor league relief pitcher of the year. But at the same time, he also walked like almost 15% of batters of the batters he faced. So like, I'm again, another guy who has really good stuff, gets a lot of strikeouts, but can't, has no idea where the ball is going most of the time. I mean, and a lot of the other guys were just like organizational depth guys who really were only there to fill a roster spot. And so none of the guys that they lost, I would be too worried about. The only one that really kind of hurt a little bit with Joel Elvis from Del Rosario, simply because he did okay in the minor leagues and he's still so young, but I mean, there's not really anyone else besides Sable. It's like that really hurt a lot. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of funny to look at some of the names Jared Oliva uh, lost in this year's Rule 5 as well. Uh, just a quick run through. Uh, Wilkin Ramos, Domingo Gonzalez, Austin Roberts, Jared Oliva, Trey McGow, Emmanuel Mejia, Christian Charles, Peter Solomon, uh, UNR Friardo. And uh, I think that was it as far as Pirates went in this year's Rule 5 draft. Um, but, you know, and, and crazy to say, Marty, I think Evan Meek is still playing uh, in Korea, I think. Uh, but blast from the past. Evan so. Evan Meek's final pitch in Major League Baseball was to Derek Jeter as the walk-off hit in 2014 in his last home game at uh, Yankee Stadium. So, yeah. <laughs> Man, what a career for Evan Meek. Classic uh, vintage Rule 5 pick there for the Pirates. Uh, you know, as we kind of start to close it out here, guys, uh, some news today that, you know, kind of shook the group message yet again. Catching situation has been hot topic this offseason no questions asked, and Heineman is the decision here at the moment uh, as the Pirates agree. What were you guys' thoughts on, on this move here? Um, you know, obviously, uh, you're not going to have to pay too much for another year of mediocre best catching, but, um, you know, the, the Pirates decide on Tyler Heineman at, at the moment. I'm fine with it as a minor league deal. I mean, you could do worse for a second catcher, but this is, but you absolutely got to sign somebody who can take over regularly. I'm really hoping they get a deal done with Roberto Perez because it seems like all the pitchers, all the Pirates pitchers, love to work with him last year. And Perez has expressed uh, interest in returning. So I hope they get something done with that. But, you know, you enter the year with Perez and Delay or Heineman as the second catcher. I mean, that's a really good defensive duo there. I mean, you're, I personally, I really like seeing good defensive catchers, especially when you're working with such a young pitching staff, so many inexperienced arms that you know you get some guys back there that can help the pitchers gain some confidence and stuff. So I'm okay with Heineman being the Heineman there as long as you're going out and trying to get Perez or another guy on a on a deal. So just to help bridge guys like Rod, Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis. 
Yeah, I mean, catcher, I, I don't, I'm honestly surprised they haven't addressed the position further yet than just this. Um, you know, if the season started today, I'm getting, and thank God it doesn't. Um, <laughs> the, the catching duo would be Tyler Heineman and Jason DeLay. And I saw enough of that for my liking last season. Um, so I, I'm going to guess that they're going to add somebody like Noah said, maybe Roberto Perez. I know uh, from speaking to some sources, it seemed like they were hopeful to get a deal done with Perez, the winter meetings. Obviously that didn't happen. They've been connected to Tucker Barnhart um, with, with catcher. It's just, I agree. You're always going to go defense first there. That's why, even though I know he's not a popular name for a lot of fans, I would be perfectly fine with Tucker Barnhart. He's a multiple time gold glove winner. He's going to handle these young pitchers and he's a good guy for Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis to learn from. I mean, Derek Shelton has already come out and said Andy Rodriguez is not going to crack the opening day roster. Not that that's a surprise, obviously, but you, you don't need to be looking for your catcher for the next four, five, six years as offseason. You, you know, you're not, you're not looking for Wilson Contreras. You're not going to trade for Sean Murphy. You want a guy who can be a stopgap until Rodriguez and Davis arrive, both of which should be in the majors this season and who then can be a good mentor to those young guys and can help them learn the ins and outs of everyday life in the major leagues as a catcher, calling a game, handling a pitching staff, all of that. And that's why, you know, you go into the year with a combination of Barnhart and Heineman, Perez and Heineman, whoever it may be. You just want these guys who are defensive first, who are good framers, who know how to handle a pitching staff, and then you'll you'll take any offense you can get. I mean, the catcher position, any offense you can get out of it in general is usually a big plus. I mean, yeah, That's I mean, you saw the Astros last year. They started Martin Maldonado for yeah. like 100 of their games, and he had like a 600 OPS. So That's a big reason why you see Davis and Rodriguez as two of the top, not just catching prospects, but prospects in general in all of baseball is because what they can give you offensively behind the dish. You know, it's like shortstop. You don't you don't expect offense from the position. You want strong defense. Anything else you get, you'll take. So, you know, I, I I'm I'm going to guess we see, like I said, Tucker Barnhart and Tyler Heineman, Roberto Perez and Tyler Heineman. Maybe they sign Perez and Barnhart. Maybe they go out and still sign two guys to major league deals. I wouldn't rule that out either. But I, I feel very confident in saying that whoever's gonna be starting for the Pirates at catcher on opening day is not currently in the organization and and if they are, it's it. it, it ugh, I, I just don't want to think about it. <laughs> I, I'd rather, I'd much rather see Roberto Perez. I, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of Tucker Barnhart, just because it seems like he was on a massive decline last year. I mean, the defensive numbers, the offensive numbers. I mean, I, I mean, I wrote an article about. It. I mean, it really wasn't much different than Tyler Heineman or Jason Delay last year, and. Again, defense, like you said, catcher is a position where you're going to just want defense and any offense he is icing on the cake. And the defense last year for Barnhart slipped a little, so I'd be a little worried about that. But, I mean, again, if you're going with Perez, you're also going to be worried about his durability and stuff because, I mean, the last two years he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, going to be interesting. I mean, a perfect situation, I think, we're – sitting somewhere in August or September and, uh, you know, Henry Davis, Indy Rodriguez have both gotten a little taste and Roberto Perez is mentoring the two youngsters might be hopeful, but, uh, you know, hopefully at least whatever the situation is on opening day, it is not what we're currently looking at right now. And, you know, I agree. I think today is a prime example of how much defense is valued at the position right now. Sean Murphy moved for William Contreras three-way deal, but, um, 
you know, the Braves w- would rather get the defense and, uh, you know, take on that. But um, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to kind of see what happens here with Brian Reynolds with, you know, maybe another transaction as far as pitcher goes or whatever this front office is thinking as we approach 2023, looking like it's going to be, uh, you know, at least a formidable lineup here to start. Um, guys, anything else you got coming out this week on Rum Bunch or anything else uh, you wanted to get to as we close it out? Yeah, not a whole lot. You know, our usual just stay keep keep tabs at rumbunner.com. Whatever, whatever's gonna happen in the coming weeks, we'll have you covered, whether that's trading Brian Reynolds or what it may be. Um earlier in the show, I did mention, you know, the Texas Rangers being a good fit for Reynolds and one that's not being talked about much. I did write an article that went up on the site, what's today? Monday went up on Sunday, um, about a potential Reynolds deal with the Rangers, why it makes sense, why the Rangers have the pieces that move for Reynolds and proposed a, a mock trade in there that I think is one that would fit well for both sides. So feel free to go check that out. Give that a read. Um, yeah. You know, no, I know you've got some stuff coming up. You're always, you're always super busy on here. So uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a busy week ahead of run bunter as always. And just, just stick with us and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll continue to chug along and suffer through this, this hell ride that is being a fan, a fan of the Pittsburgh pirates together, you know, to, uh, to, to, since it is the season, to quote one of my favorite movies ever made, Christmas or otherwise, you know, what more could go wrong? Take a look around you, Helen. We're at the threshold of hell. And I feel like that's that's where it's at a lot of times when you're a fan of the Pirates. I know it. I mean, you know, we we sat there, I think, like, what, Tuesday, Monday, when they came out with the draft order in the first lottery. And uh, it was almost like, what the hell? We, we got something? Something went well? Pirates were the number one pick. Uh, didn't really get to that tonight, but Noah, uh, you know, anything else you got coming out this week and uh, anything else you wanted to share as we, as we close it out here? Definitely just looking at an article that's coming out soon. It might be tomorrow, but, uh, or it might be already out when this is already, when this is out, but uh, just talk about some of the free agents that are left on the market for the pirates to sign. I mean, starting pitching wise, I mean, a lot of them have just went and it's kind of been disappointing to see the pirates not just, not even put up a fight to try and sign some of these guys, but you know, I still think that there's some, even some semi-decent pitchers left. I mean, I'm okay if they go out and sign an older veteran who's still okay. You know, I don't expect an ace. At, of course, I didn't expect an ace going into this offseason, but you know, just a solid mid or back rotation veteran who you can put out there and give you like a 380 ERA or something. And I think there's still some of those guys left on the market, which is something I just kind of point out some the better rotation options that are left on the market, which there are still some, and hopefully the Pirates go after at least one of them. You got to hope. At least something, uh, you know, there's still time, and, and hopefully something at the catching position as well. But until next time, guys, follow us on Twitter at Rumbunter and check us out at rumbunter.com for Marty Leap and Noah Wright. We're going to have Nick Caparosa back on here soon to break it all down. I'm Trey Yannity. Thanks for joining us, and let's go Bucks. know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.